This is R.J. Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes This down. one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the R.J. Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. It's good. Randall gets the bounce. And he ties the game. He's a duck under. Got it. All right, what's happening, everybody? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and this is episode 321 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And we also do MMA now, too. On the weekends, we will do some MMA. And uh, we do the Knicks every game, the Yanks every series. Welcome to the show. Um, hope you're enjoying your day. As I am recording, it is Friday the 11th. All right. Uh, we're doing Knicks. Just Knicks in this episode. Uh, I, I was going to do a little preview of the upcoming UFC 271 card. That takes place tomorrow night, Saturday night. But I didn't have time. Uh, I've been busy with some schoolwork and uh, some stuff with actu my actual job. But we're going to dive into this uh, a couple of things. You know, we're going to talk about this Knicks-Warriors win from last night. The Knicks picked up the victory. And we're going to actually also discuss the trade deadline. Now, as far as the trade deadline thing goes, I... um. I recorded my initial thoughts on the trade deadline right after the deadline. So I'm going to put that segment in as a separate segment into this episode. It'll be somewhere in the middle. I'll let you know when we get to that part. I mean, you'll, and you'll, you'll find out because it's audio only. Um, it's an audio only segment. I, I put it, I'll put it in the middle somewhere, but it's yeah, basically me ranting and letting out my frustrations about the Knicks doing absolutely zero at the deadline, which uh, it was the wrong move. Um, and it's audio only, once again, so... Uh, yeah. So I'll have that in here somewhere. It was like a, I don't know, 12 to 15 minute segment of just me letting out my frustration on that thing. So we'll have that in here somewhere. That was before the Warriors game took place, so keep that in mind. Not like that changes anything, but the Knicks did go and defeat the Warriors, so we will get into that, as well as the deadline in this episode, and um, yeah, I'm going to try to get this recording in, because I'm finished up with school and work early today, and it's kind of the middle of the day, got home at just about an hour ago, right now it's 4.10pm, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to record this whole thing in one take, because I live in a house with other loud people in here, so it might not be the best time for me to start recording. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can get in here. Um, so, let's get to it. Let, let's head to a quick break. When we get back from our first plug, we'll talk Knicks Warriors, and that'll be that. All right, stay with us. Hey, guys. So, I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So, if you do enjoy this podcast, and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, 
I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Does anybody else get shit from their friends or family members for drinking the um, Arizona iced tea out of your own container? I opened one up the other night and I got shit from it for my family. My siblings and my cousin were giving me shit because I, w I was drinking it out of my own container. Listen, man, we're at a time where you got to be sanitized. All right, you got to be sure. And I've heard some things about Arizona and, and like or not Arizona, but just those, I heard some things about like, if you drink out of the container, it's pretty dirty. And I don't know if it was a rumor or something, but I heard like there was rats on the bottom of one. Some dude opened it up and there was a rat on the bottom. So I like to be sure I like to be clean. And I pour it in my own container. All right. But I'll be getting a shit. <clears throat> I'll be getting a ton of shit for that. Mm. This is actually, um, not Arizona. This one's a uh, Arnold Palmer half and half. Those are the shit. All right, um, let's talk Knicks. Let's get to this game. I don't want to waste time. Hopefully, this can be a short episode, but it has everything in it. Because, again, it's the middle of the day. I'm kind of trying to rush through it so I don't get interrupted. Knicks 116. The Warriors 114 last night. It was a good victory. Um, the Knicks snapped their four-game skid with their first win on this West Coast road trip. Without their best player in R.J. Barrett, but they get it done last night nonetheless because their guy, their number one option right now, Julius Randle, goes and pours in 28 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists. With help from Evan Fournier, 22 points. Um, the bench, pretty productive last night. Burks had 15, Cam Reddish had 12 points, Taj Gibson poured in 10 more points. And that was key to me in this one was the starters and the bench both playing well in the same game. Because we know the starters have lately came around. Um, but the bench, as soon as that happened, kind of started playing pretty bad. But we finally got a performance last night um, in Golden State where everybody was clicking together. You know, and we always talk about this, how the Knicks this season just can't seem to have those games or everybody or most players are on their games in one night. But last night was a good example of, of when that did happen. And you have to thank the bench for finally showing up, you know, after their slump. Um, the Nick bench scores 45 points, shoot 50% from the field, and 55% from three. The Warrior bench goes and scores 23 points on 42% from both field and three. Cam Reddish added 12 points last night. 
three assists. Uh, he was two steals, four for eight from the field, hit a three-pointer on three attempts, and he was three for four at the stripe. I liked what I saw last night from him, and I like what I continue to see from him as he's slowly been getting more playing time. Uh, he's showing great offensive instincts. Cam, uh, he cuts off the ball, gets into the lane, um, getting to the line a lot. You know, he's playing on the wings and fast break. Last night he did that and in the half court. He was involved last night in some of those offensive sets that you'll usually see R.J. Barrett take. Attacking off the catch and going right to the hoop um, using those screens. So I love that. Um, and I like that last night. Again, every time we play the Warriors, I always make sure to watch closely <coughs> um, on Steph Curry. Um, and I think Knicks players should study the way he plays. If you watch Steph Curry play, he's weaving in and out of screens both on both ends. He'll use the screens offensively to free himself open, but he's just consistently active no matter if he has the ball in his hands or not. Watch him offensively in the half court without the ball. You'll love it. And I think everybody on the Knicks, their young players especially, really need to take note of that. Excuse me. The way Steph just moves frees himself open so consistently off ball. That's something a lot of guys should take note of. And and there are, you know, some guys like Obi, um, Grimes does it, and at times Cam Reddish, like last night, plays exceptionally well off the ball and makes their cuts and, you know, opens up the spacing a bit. So I like that I saw that from, from Cam Reddish last night. Um, and on the ball, he was scoring, and he was making some good passes. Now, his three assists, I think most, if not all, were swing passes. So there's not much to add there in terms of his playmaking. <clears throat> but I did think he played good offensively and defensively. I thought his defense was great last night. He was working hard to get his closeouts. Worked very hard to get to his closeouts, I thought. Um, put a really good effort in there. And, and, you know, this could be the way into the rotation if you're Cam. Right, take the Quentin Grimes approach where a player goes down. Ironically, this time it's Grimes. I'm sorry, no, it's not. It, it's, um, well, actually, yeah, it was Grimes initially. Um, now it's RJ. Um, but a player goes down, and much like Grimes, he earned his way into the spot by playing defense. He earned his keep, right? And it's probably why Thibodeau gave Cam Reddish those extra closing minutes last night, is because of, of the way he was playing defense. Um, so I, I like what he's shown so far. You know, he's obviously still a big-time project, in my opinion. I think he's a little raw. Uh, but he, you know, he has to adjust to the system a bit. The defensive schemes, in, in particular, is his spacing. The offense, he's still, you know, still taking some questionable shots sometimes. But I, I do like his game, and I do like that he's been playing, I would say, positive basketball since he's cracked the rotation a little, a little bit. I mean, I could see that Paul George skill set that people are talking about, and and I, I'm not I'm not talking upside, so don't come at me here. Um, take it easy. I, I'm just talking strictly tool set. You know, his athleticism and size and versatility, right? Those physical traits, his physical makeup, um, and some of his play style, things like that. I can see why he gets those PG thirteen comps. Again, we're not talking ceiling here. We're not talking upside, just talking skill set, tools, things like that. But I, I did think Cam Reddish played a good game last night. It was probably his best game so far. Taj Gibson, also 
big night off the bench with 10 more points. Before the last two games, Taj had just one double-figure scoring effort all season long. But he doubles that in his last couple of games. Um, and he's been stretching the floor lately. You know, he's now 4 for 5 on his threes the last couple of games. And he's um, 8 for 20, 40% overall on the season at the arc. So it's good to get a little stretch 4 action from uh, from Taj, you know. Now it's nice to see that, right? It's nice to see him scoring the ball some. But, but ask me still who I'd rather have in 9 times... You know, 9.9999 times out of 10, give me Jericho Sims. All right. And I'm not saying tank, tank, tank. I'm not going to get into that. You know, but I'm saying 25 minutes. Well, I think he averages almost 20 minutes. 20 minutes on average is not exactly necessary for a 36 year old. Right. And, and that's the thing. Even if you say, because the Knicks are still trying to win, technically, right? That's what their goal is. To, they're still going for it this year. Fun. But you don't have to play Taj 20 whole minutes. You know what I mean? Do you really not trust your own draft pick that much that you don't even want to give him a third of those minutes? Do you think he's going to hurt the team that much? Then why do you draft the kid? You know what I mean? Just just give him... All right, so if Taj averages 20 minutes, throw, throw you know, five to eight minutes in there for Jericho. Per night. You know what I mean? That, 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 come on. 36-year-old Taj is not going to go out there and drop 10 per game every night. Most nights he's going to go out there, do the intangibles. He'll screen. He'll poke loose balls. He'll you know, roll for you. He'll tag the roller on defense. He'll box out. He'll do those things that aren't on the stat sheets. I, I think Jericho Sims is capable of doing positive things for five to eight minutes. I don't think he's capable of completely destroying your chances of winning if you give him five to eight minutes a night. I really don't. Is that that crazy to say? That they should have a little faith in their draft pick? Especially in a season where they're probably not going anywhere? Um, but Grimes played well. You know, I, I didn't see... We didn't get a ton of scoring in place of R.J. Barrett at the two at the three last night, but we saw him connect in a couple of three-point shots um, for six points. He missed his first couple of threes. You know, in the first quarter, you had Kaminga rotating over and closing out pretty hard on that first catch and shoot. Um, then the second, Steph, Her Steph Curry, a pretty hard closeout as well. But he does get on the board late second quarter off a catch and shoot. He uh, goes baseline, dishes to Fournier. Fournier kicks it back out. And then the fourth, he knocks down probably one of the bigger shots of the night for the Knicks. Hits a three-point to extend their lead from five to eight with under three minutes to play. And on the other end, of course, the, the one thing you love from this kid is he plays big defense, man. Very pesky, ball hawking as usual. Um, even against Wiggins, who's a you know, pretty big mismatch. He was holding his own and he stripped him on one position. And he was tasked with Steph Curry and even Clay Thompson at times. And he held his own there too, you know. So I liked his effort, even in a quiet night for Grimes. I thought he played good basketball. And that's a positive indicator going forward. Um, Alec Burks also off the bench with a productive outing, 15 points, six rebounds, five assists. Um, he played especially well in that fourth quarter. You know, I thought when Julius Randle vanished again, uh, I'll give him a break this time cause he hurt his ankle late. Um, but Burks did come through and he was that fourth quarter guy once again for the Knicks. 
12 of his 15 came in the fourth, uh, where he shot three for four from the field in the period. Getting to the line, getting into the lane, some crafty finishes. He was spraying the ball around, and we finally even executed an inbound action uh, featuring Burks. You know, he threw it to Julius over a double. The ball swung around to Cam, who eventually drew some contact, got to the line. So I thought the bench was productive last night, of course. But most importantly, we got another very strong performance from Julius Randle, and we'll talk about that when we get back from break. Stay with us. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Yeah, it was a big night for Randall. Um... Gotta give him credit. Uh, he goes out and he pours in 28 points. 16 rebounds. And he has 6 assists. Um, or 7 assists. Sorry. And also uh, 1 block. Listen, like I've been saying about him lately. Um, the, I think the first thing you have to point out with Julius is lately his pace is up. You know, and maybe Tom Thibodeau has sat down and talked to him about that. Um, but unlike in L.A., this time he kept that pace the, most of the game. Um, so his pace is up. He's playing high-tempo ball, getting the Knicks to push. Energy level is up. Uh, the body language at the moment is not a problem. He's passing better. He's taken advantage of mismatches last night with the Warriors being very switch-heavy. And, and part of that was Julius forcing those switches by screening. A lot of times when Clay was switched onto Julius in those pinch post ISO actions, Julius abused him. You know, we had that key play late in the game. Clay was switched onto him at the top. And instead of stepping back and shooting another bullshit jumper, what Julius does is he drives left, takes him to the hoop, and gets the goaltend. And if you even rewind a little bit mid third quarter, again, he's in post up with Clay. And did a nice spin move off of him, finished at the rim. He was in his bag last night. So it was good to see him take advantage of those switches. <laughs> and even, you know, rebounding. I thought with the Warriors as undersized as, as they were, pretty undersized without Draymond out there and obviously Wiseman still out. I, I thought Randall was crashing the boards exceptionally well, 16 rebounds. Boxing out. Um, but even when bigger bodies like Kaminga were, um, excuse me, were tasked with Randall, he'd use his quickness and you know in the face up and he'd blow by. So he's been doing much better lately, much better as a passer. He's reading the double teams. You know he's either getting those swing passes off or he's making quicker decisions and attacking the rim and he's doing so frequently. 
I also like that his turnover count has been down lately. Just three tur- three turnovers total in the last three games for Julius. You know, his usage is higher too. And usually when his usage is higher, he's more inefficient. But last night, especially without RJ, keeps their turnovers down despite the higher usage rate. And he didn't need the three ball last night to score. 28 points, zero came from the arc. So I like the way he's playing on this West Coast trip. Last four games on the West Coast, 30 points per game, 12 boards, 6 assists, shooting 48%, 35% on threes, and he's getting 10 free throw attempts a game because he's been attacking. So it's nice. <laughs> you know, it's nice to see. I give him credit. But if you want me to be real with you, I'll be real with you. Um, It's a four-game sample, right? It is a one-game win streak. You know, it is February 11th, and the Knicks are 25-31. and 31. They are the 12th seed. So even if they do sneak into the play-in, they'll have to win not one but two straight games just to get to the first round, which they'll probably then lose if they even make it there. And let's be real. Again, put your emotions aside here. The Knicks are paying Julius to do what he's been doing during this four-game stretch for an entire season. And that has not happened. Therefore, because he's not been playing like this all season... It's a bit late for me to start singing them church songs. You know, it'd be a different story if the Knicks were legitimate looking and they looked like they actually were a great contender. Um, and they actually gave you confidence that they could be a true playoff threat. But again, shooting straight, this team just feeds off a different kind of energy. You know, they're probably going nowhere. It's probably a bit too late. And he did this to himself. The Knicks did this to themselves by making, you know, by not making many lineup adjustments, um, by not making any moves at the deadline. So I couldn't really care too much about this four-game stretch, other than the fact that it's nice to see him get his confidence back up. Um, although he also got dropped by Steph last night, which must be hard on the confidence because that was tough. But it is Steph. Um, but he played well, you know. Fournier, 22 points, 5 for 13 from 3. He mentions pregame how he wants to keep the team together before the deadline at 3 p.m. And then he goes out there and drops 22, so that was nice. Played a nice second fiddle to Julius last night without RJ. Um, and those two usually do play a little patty cake with or without RJs. You know, Julius and Randall in uh, Fournier. So that was good. Uh, he only had one rebound, zero assists, three turnovers. In 31 minutes, so you have to keep that in mind. And his shooting did slow down late in crunch time. But at this point, you, you can't nitpick with Fournier. You get what you can. He's been playing better lately. And it was a positive, given the Knicks played Golden State, that Fournier provided them with much-needed shooting out the gate. So, credit to him. <clears throat> so, yeah, good game. Um, it was a good game. And what I like best... Before we wrap this up here, um, and I hate when sometimes Breen and the other guys mention this, is that in this game the Knicks didn't slow the Knicks didn't slow down the game to their own tempo. You'll often hear Breen and the MSG guys say they need to slow it down to their own tempo, and I can't tell you how badly I despise that. But instead, they did the right thing. They adjusted. And they sped things up and kept up with Golden State's tempo. Well, at least out the gate in the first half, I would say. The second half, they kind of slowed down a bit more. But 
and, and the Warriors announcers were actually mentioning that. And remember, I have to watch on the. Uh, I'm not paying another seventy dollars this month for Fubo TV, so I have to watch that on some sketchy streaming site on the home feed. So the Warriors announcers were mentioning that the Knicks, and I say it all the time, have the personnel to play the full court game. It's just all about lineup combinations. It's all about your lineup combos. And they have RJ, Grimes, IQ, Cam and Obi especially. Uh, most of those young guys, Sims, can play that transition game. And even Julius lately, right? So credit to them. Um, I, I hate the half-court game. I do. I'm not saying they have to go out there and be Phoenix. But if you can play near the average pace, the league average for pace is 100. The Knicks are 30th. All right, the league average, the Knicks are 30th. So let's get to closer to 15 if we can. Um, but I did like how they, instead of slowing it down to their own pace, were actually adjusting. All right, so credit to Thibodeau there. And credit to Thibodeau for sticking with a good template tonight, man. Grimes, 31 minutes. Cam, almost 20 minutes. To, uh, it's kind of hard to, you know, to not do that with, with these injuries, but... And I'll live with the Taj 25 minutes because he produced tonight or last night. But again, most nights Taj is doing okay things. And I think Sims can do okay things if you give the kid at least 10 minutes out there. Eight to, five to 10 minutes. You know, it won't hurt. And I think Deuce over Kemba also needs to happen at some point. And again, God forbid I say take all Kemba's minutes. So I'll just say take a fraction of it. That would even be nice, okay? Although somehow, someway, that's probably too much of an ask for the Knicks, isn't it? I would like to see McBride, man. I just want some damn realism, okay? That's all I want. I just want some realism. All right, but hey, I guess we're going to fake it. And by the time some of these kids get legitimate run, it'll be in the final 10 games where the Knicks realize, oh, wait, we're not going anywhere. Let's just play the kids. Where nobody cares anymore. It's non-competitive and... The rest of the league is load managing. <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, I'm still disappointed. Um, I, I I think the most frustrating part for me is that when, when you mention that you want to play the kids, it seems to be everybody thinks it's an extreme. I'm not saying, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I, I've, you know, I'm on the record saying I would not mind at this point going on, going full on tank and just playing all youth. But I'm not even asking for that. Like, I'm not, we don't need to do that. I just want a little bit more of a balance. If you're going to go for wins still, go for wins. But on nights where your veterans do not have it, and Taj isn't there dropping 12 points and hitting threes, and Burks isn't scoring in double figures, and Kemba's continuing to do what Kemba does, on those nights when they're struggling, give a little bit more to the youth, right? Shouldn't have to take two injuries for Cam to crack a rotation spot. I still think you could give the youth a little bit more burn without completely sitting your vets. You know, it, there, there's there's room there in this rotation. And that's why I was very frustrated about the Knicks' lack of moves at the trade deadline, which we're going to get to right now. So we're going to head to one more break. We'll get to my frustration on the trade deadline. That'll be the audio part of the show, which, again, I recorded this segment you're about to listen to before the Golden State game. It was my immediate reaction to the deadline, uh, but I still hold the same exact thoughts. So let's head to one more break. We'll get back and we'll play that audio segment. Stay with us. All right. 
All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode, but first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com, titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomberbacher blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomberbacher blog. And there you have it. So I am recording this before the Golden State Warriors game tonight. This is right after the trade deadline which ended at 3 p.m. I'm recording this 5.20 as I speak. 5.20 p.m. Thursday the 10th. Because I, I just wanted to get my initial reaction in. Normally, I like to calm down. But right now, I just I, there's no calming down. Because what happened today, or, or didn't happen, was absolutely diabolical I consider it a sin what Leon Rose did 
or again, didn't do. And one thing I, I cannot stand, which is what we've all been victims of. I've been a victim of it. But I'm done doing this. We've got to stop giving Rose, um, Perry, Walt Perrin, and the rest of the front office praise for being super conservative and not doing anything egregious like the old Knicks would. Because that's insane. That's insane. Everything that speaks to who they are. We have to stop giving them credit for not being dog shit. At some point, we have to hold them to the standard of a regular NBA basketball team. And you look at them, so far this front office, well, they haven't exactly done much. They botched free agency last year. They botched the trade deadline last year. Didn't do anything. They botched free agency this past offseason. And now they completely botched this one. Not to mention they drafted the number 8 pick. A complete mismatch now. Who does not fit. Because we decided, not long after that draft pick, let's extend Julius Randle. Yet we're sitting here today, all these issues, and we still, still do absolutely zero to address that. This deadline on February 10th. You traded for Cam Reddish. And the narrative for him not playing so far has been don't worry he's going to get his minutes because the Knicks are going to move their veterans to free up rotation time for him well guess what Campbell Walker is going to have to be guarding Steph Curry tonight against the Warriors Fournier is going to be starting at the two Burks and Noel will be coming off the bench as usual So what are we talking about? See, that's why I kind of hold back on the optimism sometimes. Because I know this is the Knicks we're speaking of. Alright. There is no excuse to do zero today. No excuse whatsoever. Nobody was asking. The Randall thing was unrealistic. Okay, like I've been saying, I think he's going to get moved eventually. But I think the summertime... When things quiet down, the media is off his ass. I think that's the more realistic um, timeline. Maybe sometime next year in the summer. I, I didn't think it was going to happen this deadline. However, to say that you couldn't move at least one veteran, that's all we were asking for. All the Knicks fans wanted was to free up some rotation minutes for the younger players on this team. For Cam. For Quentin Grimes to get more than 15. For for uh, even Jericho and Obi and, and what's the kid's name? Um, Deuce McBride. That's all we wanted. 
That's it. One veteran, two veterans. If you had to, waive the $8 million on Kemba's contract, but you didn't even do that. That's all we wanted. And then there's the narrative of, and I saw this on Twitter, so I'm not going to take credit for this. It was an excellent point. And I, I don't know, unfortunately, I don't know the kid's name. I should go back and, and find it. If I do that, I'll put it in the uh, description. But this kid made an excellent point I saw scrolling on, on social media. So if the entire, if, if the excuses for the Knicks organization, because there's always an excuse by some softy fans out there, if the excuse narrative is that no other NBA team wanted these vets, which is bullcrap, because I, I hate that excuse first and foremost, because oh, nobody wants the Knicks players. Stop. If, if low-tier teams can make a move, the 24 and 31 Knicks can. Let's calm down. But if that's the excuse you're going to roll with, then please don't make a case to support the Knicks organization. Because if no other team, if no other 29 teams wants anything to do with Burks, Fournier, uh, Noel, Kemba, yada yada, then why are the Knicks playing them 20 to 25 minutes a night? Okay? So you can't get both ways here. then you have to start blaming the Knicks. Because if the other teams see it, that they're nothing, they're garbage, then the Knicks should see it. And they should stop playing those guys who no other NBA team apparently wants 20, 30, 40 minutes a night. And what they should do going forward, because at this point it is absolutely necessary to start playing your youth here. You're 24 and 32 after tonight. Because let's be real, they are going to get washed in Golden State. So after tonight, 24 and 32, you're the 12th seed as I speak. You're going nowhere. And if you magically find a way to win both, to, to get to the play in, and then if you magically find a way to win both play in games, you're getting washed in that first round by whoever you play. So you are going absolutely nowhere. You did absolutely nothing at the deadline. How do you not roll with your youth? There should be no reason, zero reason whatsoever for Taj Gibson to be averaging 20 minutes a night for the rest of the season like he's been. There should be no reason that our point guard rotation starts with Kemba, then Burks. No reason for that. We do not need that. We know what we're getting there. It is time to call it a quits and start playing the youth and evaluating. Because we are all tired of it. Completely tired of it. I'm sick and tired of watching Kemba Walker take the floor and RJ is used as a corner spot up. And Burks is out there playing point guard. Julius is out there playing point forward. I mean, what, what kind of offense is Thibodeau running? Which position is IQ? Still in year two, don't know. It's insane to me, bro. Dinwiddie was moved today. He's making $8 million to score 12 points on 37% shooting. 
Alec Burks is making $10 million to do just about the same. 1% better, one point less. Burton's got moved. $16 million salary. He's doing crap. Shooting 35% from the floor. You're telling me we couldn't move one of these guys? That's a joke, man. That is a joke. It's an excuse to sound reasonable and be the guy who stands out. That's what that is. I don't want to hear any of that. I'm done with the front office. I'm done being hopeful for the season. I'm ready to tank. Play the kids. I'm done with it. The Thibodeau way is different. He might not play the kids. He might continue to be a miserable, stubborn boomer and just run his vets into the ground more and more. And hey, maybe this time around, Mitch will get hurt. He'll sit next to RJ in the walking boot. Thanks, pal. Thanks a lot. Yeah. By the way, where is Leon? I mean, you're the GM of this team. You're the executive, whatever. Speak to the media, man. Speak to your fans through the press. Let us know what your goal is. Where are you going to take us? At least address your team. I mean, you're getting as bad as, as uh, Steinbrenner boy. I would say even worse. You haven't even addressed... The media since what? The, the, the offseason? The end of the offseason? Come on. That's insane. Nobody wants to sit there and watch this crap. I'm ready. I'm, the second half of the season, man, I'm bringing back... I remember we did it in the offseason one year. I'm bringing back the draft scouting. I'm all for the draft. I'm going to be glued to March Madness. I'm going to be talking draft prospects. So get ready for those episodes. They'll be I'll be popping them out. But I think I've said my piece. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not wasting further time talking about this dog shit organization and their continuous blunders at the deadline further. I'm done. I think we got like 10 minutes of this bullcrap. That's it. I've said my piece. There's no reason for me to go further deep into it. So the rest of this episode, I don't know where I'm going to put this segment, but um it's this, and then we're recapping the Warriors game, which has yet to happen as I speak. But as you are listening to this, obviously has happened. But we're going to get killed. And who cares? But it's it's going to be such a shame to watch this organization furtherly, uh, crumble even further as they tank with their veterans the remainder of the year. Because we all know that's going to happen. Thibodeau's got yet a clue. And I'm so ready for a new one. I don't care. Lack of stability there. Well, that doesn't mean you stick with a bad coach. I'm done, dude. I'm done. At the end of the season, sit down and talk with the guy. Tell him he's got one or two months into next year to get his shit together. And if he doesn't have it by then, get him the fuck out. I'm out. Listen, man, I was upset. Alright? And I'm still upset. Alright? So I try not to curse on this show. But unfortunately, we got a little too heated there. But I'm right. I'm not going to tell you I'm wrong. I know I'm right. And we'll see in the end. If you're riding that, you know, optimistic train uh, after this one-game win streak, you'll come back down to reality soon enough. And you'll be here thanking me for, for spitting it straight the whole time. Uh, that was cocky. All right.
Uh, let's get to the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day, and we'll wrap it up from there, guys. Let's get to it. All right. So for this episode, 321, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is... Which current college coach brought the Knicks to the Western... I'm sorry. Let's do that again. Which current college coach brought the Knicks to the Eastern Conference semis in the 1988-89 season? Which current college coach brought the Knicks to the Conference semis in the 1988-89 season? Let me know the answer on Facebook or on Instagram, whether that's in the comments section of one of the little promo clips to this episode or if you want to dm me i'll give you a shout out if you get it correct thanks so much for tuning in guys episode 321 of bd4 and i'll see you in the next episode where we'll recap 271 and we'll also talk nicks we'll put that in the uh we'll do two and one for that episode all right guys ciao This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm 